Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Well, good morning. Good to see all of you. Glad that you can see me. I hope that you're all doing well. Uh, Excited to worship our Lord this morning on uh, this April 19th, 2020. Um, I just want to take a quick moment just to thank everybody from the very beginning here, just to thank those who have worked so hard behind the scenes. Um, Pastor David, in the very beginning, um, ran around with me and just tried to get everything all set up and uh, was a huge, huge help. Um, he's been at home the last couple weeks with uh, with his new baby boy and uh, Judah, and he's doing well. And, uh, and so we're thankful for that. But I want to thank Pastor David for all his work and all his help behind the scenes. I also want to thank Aaron Hesketh and Lene, um, because from that second week then, uh, and then Lene came in to help that third week. They've just been helping behind the scenes run everything here uh, from the slides to uh, making sure that lights are on and everything's taken care of. So I want to thank them um, so much for their commitment of being here and meeting me here uh, at the church and, and uh, the church building and doing doing this with me. I also want to thank Andrew and Susan uh, Smirkanich for all of their hard work. Week after week, um, they've been putting together uh, our worship time, our singing time, and uh, it would be it would we would really miss that. And so I'm thankful for their willingness to to help us and to help us worship and to serve uh, the Lord in the way that they have. And so we're really really grateful for them and thankful for them. Um, Psalm 95 says this, O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. We have that privilege this morning of of making a joyful noise. And so let me encourage you as we worship, as we sing together uh, there in your home, that we would make a joyful noise to the Lord, that it would honor him, the rock of our salvation, that one constant that we can keep coming back to um, day after day, minute by minute, that he's always there and it's solid. He doesn't shift. He doesn't, he doesn't sway. He doesn't go back and forth. Um, that God is our solid rock and we can depend on him. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity uh, to gather in our homes, to gather in, in, in the places where we are at individually, but be able to corporately together uh, lift up our voices and honor and worship you. You are a great God and we love you, Lord. Thank you that we can make a joyful noise to you to give you the praise that you rightfully deserve. I pray that you would do a work in our hearts. May your word penetrate us this morning. May you encourage us and help us to strive to be the children of God that you desire for us to be. We love you. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Enjoy this time of worship with Andrew and Susan. Thanks, Andrew and Susan. Uh, enjoyed that time of worship. I, um, it's a little bit different here with just the three of us. Um, just kind of walked the pews and prayed for you all as we sang and just uh, are thankful for the opportunity that we have um, to still um, get together like this through through um, the live streaming and um, I do miss you all, and I know that you miss gathering, and uh, and we'll be together soon. So take heart, um, don't 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 be discouraged, don't give up, um, keep at it, and uh, keep being faithful, and know that uh, we'll be together soon. Um, we've begun. Um, I've started to put together a plan of what that can look like for us as we think about uh, starting to gather in in the month ahead, and so uh, we'll. 
we'll do our best to communicate with you of what that looks like, and uh, we'll continue to keep streaming as we did before all of this. We'll continue to keep streaming um, during all of this, and uh, and so we'll see what this next phase looks like. And uh, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful that we have this opportunity um, to still worship our God in, in the way that we the way that we can today. Um, if you have your Bibles, if you would, turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2. We'll finish the, the chapter this week, uh, the second chapter. Last week we covered a lot of verses, uh, up to verse 40. We're going to look at verse 41 through 47 today, and uh, we're going to see kind of the results of what took place after um, we see the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the 120 that were gathered in, uh, in the upper room. They've come down. Peter is proclaiming the message to those who were in awe and wonder, and he has proclaimed to them um, what has transpired, what has what has happened, and it's because of God's work through the Holy Spirit, and that's because of what Jesus did, Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and then His ascension, and uh, and we look forward to His coming back. Uh, for that day, and we'll look at that as we go through um, other parts of Acts as Peter and uh, even Paul will mention and Dr. Luke will record for us. That is what we look forward to as believers, as followers of Christ, that day of Jesus coming back. Um, so we, we see here in verse 41 uh, and then ver through verse 47, if you would follow along with me, I'm going to read it and then we'll kind of walk uh, through it and, and just kind of unpack it and see what truths are here. I think there's some, some uh, I'll, I'll call them four main ingredients. And when you throw all those ingredients in, then something really great happens and comes out of it. Uh, and then there's three actions that we can live out that are in this passage as well. So let's read it together and then we'll pray and then we'll unpack it. Acts chapter 2, verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized and were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Would you pray with me? Lord, may you add your blessing to the reading of your word. It is amazing and it's awesome. It's something that we take, I, I know I take for, for granted that, that we have a copy of the word of God, that we can read it and study it and memorize it, that, that we can meditate upon it, that we can allow it to digest in our minds and our hearts. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have to read it this morning and to study it, and I pray that you would help our hearts and our minds be open and receptive to what you have to tell us today. Uh, help us to be ever so mindful. Help us to really be serious and, and, and allow you to work in us, Lord. Um, we need your spirit to work in us. 
to, to change us and ultimately to make us more like our Savior, more like your Son, Jesus Christ. So do that today in us. Encourage us, challenge us, convict us. Lord, we need your presence and we need your work through your word today. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as we look at the word here, um, we see uh, the results of what has happened. Peter's brought the message. Um, The people have asked, uh, how do we respond? Um, Peter's response was, you need to respond in repentance, turning from your sin and not only just acknowledging Jesus as Savior, but claiming him as Lord, as Savior and Lord. And uh, I hope that you've done that. I hope you have claimed Jesus as your Savior, uh, the one to forgive you and who is able to forgive you of your sin, the one who died on the cross and took all of our sin among, uh, amongst himself. Um, Colossians 3.14 says that, that, uh, that Jesus took the penalty all that we deserved, he took that punishment that was that deserved to happen to us by the law and, and the and the rights of punishment that we deserve. Jesus took it all, which is awesome and amazing. So we see this result. Peter has told them they respond um, by repenting and being baptized, and we see this in verse forty-one. Those who received his word uh, were were baptized. Again, baptism doesn't save you and I. Baptism does not allow us the entrance into heaven. What baptism is, is baptism is, is a public profession. It's, it's a public display of what we have believed in our hearts and in our minds. Again, put yourself in, in the early church here. What has happened just a few weeks before? Jesus was crucified claiming to be the Messiah the savior of the world. This gospel message went forth to these people. These people repented, trusted Jesus to forgive them of their sin, to claim him as the Messiah. And now they were going to publicly display for, for people to see all around the community to see that they were following Jesus. They were going to be followers of Jesus. They were putting their lives on the line. They were willing to commit um, this wasn't just some um, feeling that they had or, or just some, um, oh, there, there's this atmosphere of, oh, I just, I want to do this. No, there was a deep, deep sense of commitment. And so that shows in verse 41, they received his word. The Greek word there for word uh, is logos. And just a little note, um, that's why we call our Sunday school classes logos class because it's the word. We want to get into the word. We want to study the word. Uh, It's the same word that we see uh, as John writes in John chapter 1, that the word uh, was with us and the word was God. The word is Jesus Christ. And we get to study his word. And Peter is displaying and he has proclaimed the word, the gospel message, the truth of who Jesus is. And in that, they followed in, in a public commitment of baptism. And, and there may be some of you sitting at home today who have never, never taken that act of obedience, that step of obedience. It's an important step to publicly display so that others may see and bear witness that you have said, I am a follower of Jesus. 
And so if you need to take that step, um, I hope that when we all gather together and in a few short weeks, I, I pray, I hope, uh, even if it's in a couple months, that we can gather together and we can have a big baptism of those who have placed their faith in Jesus and who want to publicly say, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe that he died. And in that, in that uh, immersion baptism, to be immersed into the water, I believe that Jesus died. He was buried and he rose again and to come up out of that water to signify not only our trust in Jesus, but what he does to us. Jesus, we are dead in our sins and he brings us back to life. He makes us new. We're a new creature, a new creature, a new creation uh, made through the blood of Jesus Christ. Verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. Uh, again, that public commitment. It was a public statement, and we see that there were about 3,000 that were added to uh, the 120 that were already gathered, the about 120 who were in the upper room, who were displaying, and, and, and the Holy Spirit had come and worked in them. Now there were about 3,000 souls that were added to them. Uh, again, this isn't just um, the body. This isn't just an earthly um, kind of mindset. Notice what Dr. Luke, the word that he uses there, he says souls. Our lives are not about this earth. How we are living life um, displays something deeper and something greater. Our souls is what continues on. And so Dr. Luke helps us to, to really realize in just one word, this is not the temporary. This is eternal. Uh, verse 42, as we look at this last section, uh, kind of gives us then an overview, a big picture of what is going to happen to these, um, you know, 3,120 people who have claimed Jesus as their Savior, how they're going to live life. And so it gives us an overview. And then when we get into chapter 3, we see some specifics that Dr. Luke's going to record for us, some specific stories. And so here, as we see now, um, this great display on the day of Pentecost of the Holy Spirit's outpouring and his work. How does that transform to now this daily walking with Jesus? And really, it's the formation of the church. And so we get to see that here at the end of chapter 2. It says, and they, they devoted themselves um, to the apostles' teaching um, and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. What we see here are those four ingredients. But before we look at each one of those, uh, I want us to look at this word devoted. They devoted themselves. This is something like an athlete uh, has to be committed. Uh, it, it is a continual thing. And I'd like to say that I started running a few weeks ago and, uh, and, and that I've been really devoted and committed to it. Uh, unfortunately, in the days of snow and uh, sleet and hail, uh, I didn't run. And so I wasn't as devoted and as committed as, as I probably should have been. And maybe you feel that way too. Maybe you were out walking and you've done some exercise and maybe on those other days that were really bad and yucky outside, you just decided you weren't going to do it. Um, this commitment, this term here that Dr. Luke uses for us it is that very thing of, of an understanding that, that these people were devoted and committed no matter what was transpiring, what was going on around them. They were, they were committed to these four ingredients. 
and and I think it speaks highly to us today. I think in times of trials and times of hardship, it's sometimes easier as some of those um, outer layers are stripped away for us to focus and concentrate on what what is important uh, and what is of most importance. And quite honestly, my fear that after we come back to, quote, normal living is that we'll just go back to the way everything else was going. And I think as the church of Jesus Christ, I think we would do well to heed what the early church did here. They were devoted. They were committed um, to these four ingredients. And I think these four ingredients make up uh, what a church should look like today, even as the church started uh, then. So let's look at these, these four ingredients. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The first is to the apostles' teaching. They wanted to understand, they needed to understand more about Jesus and what he had done and and how the Old Testament, the Torah, uh, fit with this new, uh, this new gospel, this new um, covenant that Jesus brought. And so they needed to to have someone teach them and help them to understand how how that Old Testament and the Torah and and all of that and the prophets came together with this new covenant that Jesus brought. And so they committed themselves to listening, to inquiring, to digging in to, to the word and to understanding what God wanted them to learn. We need to do that today. I need that. You need that. We need to continue to devote ourselves to the teaching of God's word. And the apostles were the authority at that time. They were the ones that God orchestrated. And we're going to see here in a little bit. They did mighty um, signs and God's power. The Holy Spirit poured through them to kind of give confirmation to those who were around them that God was working through them. That God had set them up as the authority to preach and teach and to proclaim the gospel message to the world. We need to submit ourselves to the word of God and to the teaching and preaching of his word. And, and we need to do that well. We need to find good teachers who preach the word, who stick true to the word. And, and, and we need to do that for all of our life, not just for a little season or a period or when it feels good or when it doesn't. We need all of this ingredient. Um, it, it's kind of like when, we, when you make cookies and you leave out the flour. From, if I'm making chocolate chip cookies uh, and I leave out the flour, that it is not going to do anything. Or even a small little ingredient, we're going to look at that in a minute, of you got the flour, you got the chocolate chips, you got the sugar, you got the vanilla. But what if you leave out the, the baking soda, the baking powder? What if you leave out those little things that there's not very much in there, but man, they're critical to the overall success uh, of what this should turn out to be. And we see uh, that that Dr. Luke is recording for us that the early church was committed. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Humble yourself and stay committed to the teaching of God's word. I know that can be hard at times. I'm sure at times I'm really boring. And I'm sure there are times you don't want to hear somebody else preach or somebody else teach you. Um, we need to humble ourselves and we need to be underneath the teaching and the preaching, um, the learning of God's word. And we can do that in our own personal time too. But, but there is more than just the personal aspect of growing in our knowledge and understanding of the word. It's, it's allowing God to speak to us uh, through somebody else who's communicating clearly the word of God. The second aspect, the second ingredient that we see here is the fellowship. 
to the fellowship. They were devoting themselves to the fellowship. And this fellowship, what we see is not just something where um, they got together and just had a meal or just um, just did it. You know, half half-heartedly they just showed up and they were just there. No, fellowship is a big part of the early church and about the church today. That's really hard right now. And it's hard to look around in this place and to see it empty. That nobody's in the pews. And 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 so in my mind, how does fellowship happen? How do we how do we commit to fellowship even though we've been called right now by our government officials to to isolate ourselves, to kind of seclude ourselves a little bit for the safety and for the health of, of everybody. Well, there's ways to do that. And and I am so thankful and, and and I want to thank you, each and every one of you who have reached out to others. That's the type of fellowship to reach out, to call somebody, to write a letter, um, to let somebody know that you care for them, that you're praying for them. And and I think as we move forward, we need to 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 be mindful of how do we fellowship with one another? How do we come alongside and care for one another? And really what that means is we start putting other people in the front of our minds instead of the back of our minds. Instead of thinking about all that I need to get done, asking the Lord to guide and direct and to give me on the front of my mind, Lord, give me the people that that need a word of encouragement. Give me the people, uh, put in front of me the people that I, I need to spend some time with or that I need, I that may just need a word of encouragement. And find ways to do that. Um, you all are creative. You're probably more creative than I am of finding ways to fellowship with people, even in the midst of where we are right now. And when we all get back together, uh, be mindful that fellowship is a huge ingredient of, of, of a healthy, growing church. The third aspect is the breaking of bread. They were committed. They were devoted to the breaking of bread. There are some scholars who think this is uh, talking about communion or, or the Lord's Supper. There are others who look at this, and uh, as we see it even through the book of Acts, but even through the Gospels, we see the breaking of bread can refer to just having meals together. Uh, I, I'd like to take the viewpoint that it's both, okay? Uh, not not one or the other, but let's view it as both. Communion, the, the Lord's Supper, is critical. and We know that it's important. It's something that we've been commanded by the Lord um, to do. And, and to be a part of um, taking the the bread and the cup and all that it represents and partaking together, honoring God, remembering what sacrifice was made for us and proclaiming his glory. And we do that praising him and thanking him as a body together. There's another aspect, though, of breaking bread, and we even see this at the end of Luke when uh, when Jesus is walking with the 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 two men on the road to Emmaus. And as he breaks bread, the Luke, Dr. Luke uses the same wording, the same terms there. They're breaking bread. All, all of a sudden, their eyes are open to see that this is Jesus. This is the Messiah. This is the one that they were following. And, and now he was sitting there with them. Uh, remember Jewish culture. If you can put yourself in Jewish culture, you'll be reminded a little bit as you dig in that that the breaking of the bread in the early part of that meal together was very symbolic of, again, of Jesus using that. And we see that as Matthew records that in his gospel, the breaking of bread representing his broken body and the cup at the end, that this cup represents the new covenant, his blood. And so 
it was a normal Passover meal that they were eating together, but it represented so much more. And so as the Jewish culture, as they got together and ate meals together, uh, they, they, they knew, they could sense, they could see the symbolism in that as they learned and grew. And so as we today um, gather, I think it's critical and important that we eat meals together, uh, that we do that in our homes, that we can do that here uh, at the church building, the facility that God's given us. Um, I think that's great. And I think it's important because it shows um, uh, where we can come together as a family and, and be together. But they continually devoted themselves to that time, to the breaking of bread, of gathering together. The fourth is to prayers. We're going to see in chapter 3 that uh, every day at 3 o'clock, at the ninth hour, was their hour of prayer. And so there's a real, um, I think there's a realness of they would spend uh, corporate time every day at three o'clock to just praying and, and in a corporate way. Now, we don't know exactly what that looks like. Was that just uh, someone praying or uh, the whole group gathering and, and reciting and saying a prayer? Um, we're not sure. I don't, I, I don't know that we, we can know for definite, but we know that prayer was a critical and important aspect of the early church as they gathered together to call upon the name of the Lord to give him praise, to give him glory, and to ask for his continual work and strengthening and, and wisdom. Um, we see that they were committed to this. Uh, it is a critical part for us as the church today as well. The prayer has to be a part of what we're doing. And and when we when we start to stray away from prayer, what, what happens is we start to do things on our own. And, and and I have found that God continually humbles me to bring me back to that importance of prayer. Each Friday, we've been gathering at 12. Um, and this last Friday, we had some technical difficulties. And I'm so sorry about that. Uh, so we bumped it to 1230. But uh, 12 o'clock on each Friday, we've been gathering together to pray. And so uh, if you'd like to join us, we'd love for you to join us. And just spending that time praying together. And you don't have to pray. You can just be on, uh, on the conference call and listen. And, and be with us, but it's been so refreshing to me um, to be with the body of Christ, to be with the family uh, of Jesus, and to pray together and to see how he's answered those prayers has been really, really great. Verse 43 says, And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Again, I think this speaks of the confirmation that Jesus was the Messiah, that these people weren't following some, some religious um, makeup or just some, some, uh, something that wasn't real. There was, there was a true sense of awe of realizing that what was happening was not common. And so God was working be because of the outpouring of the spirit and because of these four ingredients, these things were taking place that, that people had not seen before. And so um, it says, all who believed, verse 44, were together and had all things in common. Um, they gathered, they believed, and, and, and there was a, a tight unity of, of a togetherness that, that, that I dream and hope that the body of Christ as, as West Hill, but as a whole, the body of Christ would come and that we would, that we would one day be like that, um, 
It says verse 45, gives us a little bit, digs in a little bit deeper here of how did they have all things common? Um, how were they how were they all together? Verse 45 gives us a little little concept of that. It says, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Don't get hung up on them selling everything. Uh, we don't know exactly what was happening. I don't think they sold their homes because we see later that they're gathering in their homes. Uh, they're gathering for meals in their homes. And uh, I think as they see that they have extra stuff that isn't needed, they sell that so that it may meet the needs of others. This isn't, uh, this isn't a, a, a mandatory act uh, that Peter or any, any disciple or apostle is proclaiming that they have to do. This was voluntary. Um, and, and in doing so, it shows the depthness, the sincerity of their faith and of their love and their commitment to one another. That, that these people love the Lord so much that they were willing to give of their extra, to give of what they had so that they may minister and to help those who really, really needed it. And so we see that this is not just a shallow faith. This isn't something that they just swept over them, that, that just came and, and went as quick as it, as it came. But they provided a depthness, a true generosity um, that these people really, really displayed. It says in verse 46, And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God, and having favor with all the people. I, I think here what we see is uh, is um, the people coming together. Uh, Dr. Luke is helping us to see that day by day. Now, did everybody attend every day? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I doubt that. But what we saw was there. there's a continual teaching of the word, and people came um, and that day after day after day, there was a, there was a proclamation of the truth. And in doing so, uh, the people gathered together and, and they went to the temple. This is probably at Solomon's uh, portico. And you can uh, take a look and do some search and, and, um, on the pictures of what that would look like. Um, Solomon's uh, portico, which we're going to see in chapter 3, uh, was an area where, that the apostles probably gathered at to do their teaching. So each day, the people would gather here at the Solomon's temple and that they would wait for the word of God to speak through the apostles. And so it says, day by day, they attended the temple together and breaking of bread in their homes. So here they were again. They were gathering to hear the word. They would leave and they would gather together. They weren't isolating themselves to live their own personal lives. There was the togetherness that made them the body and, and made it important as they probably ate the, the, ate the food. They were, they were digesting also the words that they heard and they were talking about that. Um, Verse 47, um, so as they were breaking bread in their homes, end of verse 46, it says, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts. So we see this first uh, action. We see this action that Dr. Luke lays out for us, um, that day by day, 
and then it gives us, there's a comma there, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes. So as they were going about this action, day by day, here's the three actions that, that happened, that came out of them because of the Spirit's work. Day by day, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts. I want to ask you, do you have a generous heart? Are you glad? Are you stuck in worry, concern, overwhelmed with all that you have to do? Uh, listen, uh, I am there so often. If I can be transparent, I, I allow my circumstances to overwhelm me sometimes, way too much. And, and I, I shoulder and I'm burdened by things that God doesn't want me to be burdened with. And, and we see here, the action is to, to be receiving, and this is a receiving of the food, Dr. Luke says, as they ate the food, as they ate of what God had given them, of, of God fulfilling their need, they, they were glad and they had generous hearts. They were filled with joy. And so that's my prayer for us, that we would be people who would be filled with joy, that we wouldn't allow the outside circumstances to dictate our joy, that we would see the, the, the basic necessities of something like food, that we would see the basic necessities of having his word and being able to study it and read it and dig into it. And that we would be filled with joy that that, that consumption of my relationship with Jesus would be so powerful that I couldn't help but be filled with joy and to be generous to those who came, who were around me. The second action we see, they were praising God, praising God, giving him glory. To be able to say, God, you have given me everything that I have and that I enjoy. Their, their, their words, their, uh, their outward expressions, while they were generous to those around us, God was getting all the glory. God was being the one lifted up. Not them, not others as they helped them, but it was God who was being praised. He was the one who got all uh, the glory for what was taking place. I pray that would be an action of us this week as well. Um, no matter what takes place, the good, the bad, or the ugly, that we would be people who would be of action of praising God. The third aspect we see here, having favor with all the people. Because the early church, these 3,120 some souls that were gathering together, that were eating that were committed to the word, who, who were uh, enjoying the fellowship and also um, who were praying. Because they lived that way and had those ingredients in their life, the action of, that came out just oozed out of them that people saw they were different. People saw and could see a trueness, a genuine love for God and for mankind that just radiated off of them. I wonder, I, I just wonder sometimes that I, um, let me be specific, that I do a disservice to God because I, I don't live in such a way that radiates his love. Lord, help us so that man would find favor with us. Yeah, we know there's going to be people who are part of the devil's work uh, to try to discourage and defeat um, the purposes and the plans of God. 
but God will never be defeated. And so in this, we have the glorious and wonderful opportunity to wipe ourselves off after we've fallen down and, and to thank the Lord that Jesus took the full punishment of our sin and, and, and all of our wrongdoings, that we can acknowledge our mistakes and, and, and ask for forgiveness, but that we can try to live today and tomorrow and the next day in such a way that that mankind sees, not us, but that mankind sees there's something different about you and I, and it's not about you and I and how we live. It is about Jesus Christ. It's about what Jesus has done for us. It's about the relationship that we get to enjoy each and every day. And so in doing this, it says the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. These were authentic believers. And ultimately, their addition was because God's work through the Holy Spirit. I would ask if you would pray for me that, pray with me, that we would see an outpouring of God's Spirit amongst us. We can't. We can't come up with this ourselves. We can't just take these ingredients and think that, well, if I just do all these, then all of a sudden, you know, things are going to happen. No, the Spirit has to lead us and guide us to do those things. And it's got to be the Spirit's work in us and around us for true growth to happen. And so we need to pray that God's Spirit would pour out on you and I and, and on the, the church around us and so that others may see Jesus Christ and who he truly is, even with all of our warts and all of our issues and all of our problems, that the work of the spirit would take the truth of his word being lived out in our lives and that lives would be changed. It is only by the Holy Spirit, which takes the pressure off, right? takes the pressure off of you and me. We get to walk with Jesus. Uh, we want to live in such a way that shows these actions. Um, we want these ingredients in our lives, these disciplines, uh, but it takes the pressure off because it ultimately falls on God's shoulders and it's his work that has to that has to transpire and somehow, some way coming in and working through us and, and touching other people. It's going to be him. And so this morning, we don't have to have uh, pressure. We don't have to feel um, nervous. We don't have to feel anxious. Uh, we get to be encouraged because God's called us as his church, as followers of Jesus Christ. And we have the wonderful opportunity that God's given us to be authentic followers of Jesus Christ. The question is, are you going to be committed to that? God desires to use us. I believe that we could see much more accomplished if we would be committed to him and committed to a, a daily relationship with him. But it takes that continual devotion. We need to be devoted to him to stay committed to that relationship and, and, and for allowing him to work in us. And so that's my encouragement to us uh, today. And, and maybe you haven't spent a lot of time in the word uh, this last week or these last few weeks. Uh, maybe you haven't spent a lot of time praying. Uh, I don't want to give you things to do. I want you to seek someone. And that someone is Jesus Christ. It's all about your relationship with him. I, I want you to go spend time with him. Because he loves you and he cares for you. And he wants to help guide you and direct you. And he's given us the church to help encourage us. He's not given us this in isolation independently alone. 
No, he's, he's constructed this living organism called the church that we together get to live life in fellowship and edifying, building up one another in our faith and in our trust in Jesus. Will you pray with me as we, as we finish here? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. And, and Lord, I, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to live the way you want us to live. Lord, and sometimes we read a passage like this, the outpouring of your spirit seems almost too good to be true today. It seems like, Lord, if we could just get a little bit of that today here, I believe that you want to pour out your spirit like you did in the early church, Lord. Because you tell us that it is your desire that that no one would perish, but that all would come to you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be devoted to the relationship that you called us to. To love you with all of our heart. And in those moments and the times where we, where we feel like giving up or where our faith is weak, Lord, I pray that you would strengthen us, that our faith would be authentic, that it would truly be something more than, than what, what is just casual, what is just the norm. Lord, you've called us to greatness. I believe that you've called each and every one of us who are followers of Jesus Christ to greatness. And in that greatness, in the relationship with you, you've called us to touch and to reach the people that you've placed in our lives. And the people that you're going to put before us. And so, Lord, I pray that, that we would be mindful, that we would be sensitive to your spirits working in our lives. And that ultimately we would be obedient to your word and to your leading and guiding. Lord, we desperately need you to guide us and direct us. Give us the wisdom. Give us the knowledge. Give us the understanding of how your truths are are to be applied and how we need to live out those truths in our lives. And in doing so, Lord, may we encourage one another. May we enjoy the fellowship knowing that we're not in this alone. Lord, thank you for the people, for the family, and the friends of West Hill. And I pray your blessing upon everyone who hears this message today. Lord, may you encourage their heart. May you draw them closer in a walk with Jesus. Give them a greater desire to read your word and to pray and to spend time with you. And when we gather back in, in a meeting together soon, Lord, that you would draw us all together. That we would not neglect the meeting, the coming together of the saints. Lord, I pray for those who have not yet trusted Jesus as they hear this message, Lord. That today would be the day that they would proclaim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And for those who need to be baptized and follow in that act of obedience, I pray that you would guide them and lead them. And may they boldly uh, be, take the action steps needed to do that. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this time of, of praising you and digging in and, and unpacking your word. Help us to, to take it with us as we go, not only today, but this week, and help us to live it out, Lord. We love you, and we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior and Messiah, our Lord. Amen. Lord bless you as you 
maneuver as you walk through this week and may uh, God direct you and guide you. And if you need anything, please don't hesitate to, to touch uh, base with us here at West Hill. Uh, we're praying for you. Uh, we're praying for each family as I even just, like I said earlier, walking uh, down uh, the pews, up and down the pews and the aisles here, just thinking about you, uh, visioning your faces and your smiles, just praying for your families and just want, want you to know that you're cared for, you're loved, and God desires to continue to use you in great ways. Um, allow him to do that and see what he can do uh, and see how he desires to use you. The Lord bless you. Have a wonderful day and a great week.